Hey, my name is Ray Wayne Gonzalez. Join me on my journey out of ignorance with things you pretend to know about, where we talk about things we think we may know, but really we have no idea. Welcome to the Things You Pretend to Know About podcast, or welcome back to the Things You Pretend to Know About podcast. This is going to be more of a lengthy intro because it's my podcast and I have a lot to say, Uh, but the skip button is readily available for all who listen. And don't worry, I will literally never find out if you skip my intro. Uh, But today in the pod, we have Ileana Garcia, Gabriella Lee. Priscilla Fonte and Daniel Aaron Price to talk about Black Lives Matter grassroots movements in particularly small towns. And to be more specific, Ileana, Gabriella, and Priscilla are the organizers of the Putnam Valley for Racial Justice. And Daniel is one of many organizers in the Racial Justice for Mahopak movement. Both towns center in Putnam County, which is a relatively small county, roughly an hour north of New York City, for those who don't really know the New York metropolitan area. Um, I've talked to my podcast a few times about the racial inequities that go on surrounding the town I grew up in, uh, both personally and generally speaking. I believe the county isn't always cognizant of the disparities between the majority of white people in the town and the minority of black indigenous people of color in the area. Most of you know, I am a biracial woman. My father is Puerto Rican and my mother is white, having an ethnicity of mostly German. That makes me both white and Latina, AKA I got the best of both worlds growing up in this town, I guess. Uh, Someone on Facebook the other day uh, said to me, and I quote, Uh, Maybe you don't understand reverse racism because it never happened to you. And with that, I responded with um, how I am a white presenting person, half white, half Puerto Rican. Never once have I been discriminated against for the lightness of my skin, but I have been called a racial slur once people found out my ethnicity. And this isn't a woe is me moment. This is just to point out that I've seen firsthand how my whiteness has benefited me, but also how microaggressions and regular aggressions have tried to bring me down in this area. Um, There's a Facebook group in in the town I grew up in. And if you're from the town I'm from, you know what I'm talking about. And recently, there has been an incident where a young person got accused of vandalism. So let me backtrack. When... Gosh. Okay, so let me backtrack just a bit here. So when you're a senior in the high school from the town I grew up in, from this town, uh, a privilege that you get is to be able to decorate your own parking spot. 
Um, and a student thought that they had one parking spot and turned out to not be theirs. A simple miscommunication. I'm sure that shit has happened before. What the student ended up writing, though, is, and I quote, again, um, Black Lives Matter, A cab, 13112, even your cop dad. <laughs> so... This caused an absolute outrage in the conservative little town in which I grew up in. Uh, I also read with my own two eyes on how whoever wrote this, and I quote, should get the shit kicked out of them, um, is a little bitch, also a quote, um, and should be suspended or even expelled. This kind of talk about an actual minor made me sick to my stomach. The people who wrote these kind of things, too, are also the people that helped raise me in the schoolyards, taught me double dutch, brought me joy when I was a kid. Um, Should that child probably not have written such a strong opinion in such a polarizing town? Maybe not. But that's just it. An opinion. Not a threat. Not a hate crime. Hate crime, guys. They're saying it's a hate crime. It's just an opinion. Maybe you don't like the aggressive way they put it, but at the end of the day, it's just an opinion. And now I'm talking directly to the people in that are so hateful in that group. Use the empathy that you taught your own children and stop being so mean-spirited. The town I used to love deeply for the things that brought us together, such as the Christmas tree lighting at George's garage in the center of town, town day at the town park, homecomings, the list goes on, is slowly diminishing because all I can focus on is the hatred that I've been seeing. Please set a proper example and stop bullying children. Y'all have never done some dumb shit when you were 17. Get a life. They brought this news to News 12. I'm just in awe of how people are so not understanding if it's something that they don't particularly agree with. And this person, this young person, this young person does not deserve to be expelled, does not deserve to get suspended, or, you know beaten up or <laughs> or is a little bitch fuck you all that said that shit that is so awful and so i'm gonna bring it bring it back i'm reeling it in um to the conversation i had with the putnam valley for racial justice group and the racial justice for Mahopak group it was it's was so heartwarming to talk to these folks because it gives me hope in the county. Um, we talked about um, wanting a human rights commission in the county because that's something we don't have. Um, and Ileana, Gabriella, and Priscilla are like sixteen years old or around that age, and <laughs> that's so fucking awesome. Like it gives me hope for the future of this town that. There won't be so much hate for disagreements. Like we are able to have 
conversation and discourse, even if you don't agree with one another. There's no reason to be so hateful. And of, of sure, I have gone up the handle and slipped and said, you know, you're so fucking stupid uh, to people because they're being stupid. But of course, I shouldn't have done that. And of course, I should have held my own, been chill. But like, it's so sad to see the people from the town that I used to love so much, like ruining its name. And they're going to hear this if they do and say, well, that person shouldn't have wrote, written that. That's hateful. That's the hateful thing. Sure. But why, f- if, if that's how you feel, it's not how I feel, but if that's how you feel. But why fight fire with fire, especially when you're a fucking adult? Chill the fuck out. Be kind. It's okay. It's fucking paint. Your words, your threats are on Facebook for fucking ever. But that parking spot is just fucking paint. So it's things like this that made me want to have this conversation with Putnam Valley for Racial Justice and Mahopak for Racial Justice because there's so many, there's such a clash when it comes to basically conservatives and non-conservatives in the town and in the area and there's no proper discourse and I really just want that to happen I really want to people to find their their empathy that I know I know they have and to just just make a more peaceful environment especially for the kids that are growing up there that love this town so much when I was 16 when I was 17 I loved Putnam Valley so that's just what I have to say and you know it's, there's a lot of discouraging things happening right now in that in that county. And I know this episode is a little specific, but again, it's my podcast. And this is what I want to do with it. Um, but it's, this is also a very encouraging episode for those in the county um, that change can be had and things are looking up, maybe. I don't know, but as long as these people stay in the area and keep activating and I'm going to be there by their sides, I'm totally off script now, guys, I got to say, but uh, (laughs) I'm going to be right there with them and there's hope. All right, guys, if you made it this far, thank you so much. I love you all so much. Um, Okay, thank you. Love you. Bye. Enjoy this awesome episode. Okay. All right. We're recording. So hello. Welcome to the podcast. So do you guys want to introduce yourself first? Sure. I can go. (laughs) Okay. Um, My name is Gabby and I go to Putnam Valley High School. My name is Priscilla and I also go to Putnam Valley High School. And I'm Ileana and you guessed it. I also go to Putnam Valley High School. (laughs) Very cool. PV grads. And I'm Daniel Aaron Price. I actually graduated from Mahopak High School back in 2012. And I recently just graduated with my master's in public health from Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. And now I'm back in the area. 
Nice. Wow. That's really cool. I did. I didn't notice you went to John Hopkins. I was like, okay, Dan. Like, I don't fancy. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, did, were you guys, I know I'm, well, I don't know, actually. Did you guys all originally start out in Putnam Valley and Mahopak? I would say Mayapak, but I guess it's Mahopak. <laughs> I didn't realize. A resolution that says it. So we're trying to get people to change the name back. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So yeah, whoever wants to start. Um, yeah, I think all of us did. I know Gabby yeah. came. Well, I grew up in, well, not grew up. I started in Brooklyn. I was born in Brooklyn. And then my family moved up to Putnam Valley when I was in fifth grade. So okay. for middle school. Yeah, I moved up here when I was little too, but I was like too little to remember. I, I was born in the Bronx. So, you know, but um, yeah. Otherwise, now we all kind of grew yeah. up here. And that's why like, yes. we know the area very well. And we were like, we got to do stuff here, you know. But, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Dan, you're from Mahopak? I am from Mahopak. So I've only grown up in Mahopak. I'm in my childhood home, which is kind of surreal. And that's what the pandemic does to you. Yeah, really, um, right? So it, it, but it's just nice. You know, it's always comforting being back because you don't have to put on a GPS. You know, Route 6, like the back of your hand. It's just really nice. But this is the only place I've ever called my permanent address. So I'm no stranger to this community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm from I'm from Putnam Valley. I was born and raised. Um, my parents, my parents met in Brooklyn and had my sister in Brooklyn when she moved to Putnam when there she was really young. But so like I think like it kind of helps sometimes when your families. And I, I asked that because a lot of the like Putnam County area is like big on transplants. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, I think like it helps having people who are like city centric sometimes to understand these kind of things, these kind of topics. And like, not always, of course, but you know, uh, I'm just, I asked that because it seems that way often to me that people who get it, aren't born and raised from Putnam Valley or Putnam County, you know? And um, so why did you guys feel the need to start movements? And like, but actually before that, before we, I'll probably say in the intro, but before we um, get into it, can you tell me like what you, what movements you guys have started? Whoever. We've just joined on other ones, like movements that have already happened. We've just helped with that. And then we really haven't started any. We, I mean, we were new to all of this and we weren't really invested in like progressive community within Putnam County. But as we started this and as we started, you know, Putnam Valley for Racial Justice, we've discovered all these groups that we didn't know about before. And that's sort of, to me, that was surprising and also amazing yeah. that there were like other progressive thinkers and Putnam Valley and Putnam County, where I always thought it was, you know, a little on the right side and we're a little more conservative. But it was, you know, we have we've gotten a lot of support from other organizations that already existed. So that was great. To- yeah. Well, I want you to know that you have started something <laughs> and, you know, it's really it's very you, you should feel proud because being so young it, and being so vocal about a movement like this is not easy. Me saying this as a 25 year old woman who has grown up in Putnam Valley and has had conversations about what it was like to grow up in Putnam Valley. You guys are living that, you know what I mean? And, you know, and 
you were my minorities as well. And like it, it takes a lot of courage to do something like that, especially at your age. So I definitely commend you for that. But, uh, but I think it's been very eye opening. I mean, I think the whole situation throughout the entire time, I, we've noticed that there's a lot more hate in the community than I think I knew about. And yeah. then, but then at the same time, I also saw a lot of good people that I didn't know existed. Yeah. Like, yeah. me, so Putnam County is so much bigger now, and it's so, there's so much more than just like our racist little conservative town, you know? Yeah. Right. And, you know, I think the reason we are spearheading this, I think at the beginning, we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, we just started, like, oh, we want to start, an, we just want to do an event. And then it became, oh, we're going to start a group, and then we're going to do this and this. And it became so much more. Yeah. And I think maybe if we knew in the beginning that it would end up like this, we wouldn't have done it, maybe. But I think it was it was just it was the ignorance in it that led us to, you know, start start a movement. And I think that was like the greatest part of it for us. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And Dan, so tell me about your group. Totally. So in terms of my group, and I'd be remiss in saying that I started this. That's that's just not true. I'm a, I'm a white man that like grew up in this area that went and studied elsewhere and came back here and just happened to have the opportunity to help use some of the skills that I built with public health and with community organizing. I did a lot of community organizing back down in Baltimore. I did a lot of community organizing back in Boston where I went to undergrad. And it's great that I can bring that back to a place like my hometown where I've always wanted yeah. to make some substantial change because after, and, and I won't even rehash all of the native American issues. I think Ray, you're very familiar with all of this. And I bet well, Ileana, we'll get into it. We have yeah, it now. We'll into it. <laughs> but really like for me, it really started with that because that was, that was a big point of transformation. And for anybody listening, um, essentially we still utilize the native American as an icon, as opposed to, um, viewing them for who they are, living, breathing people, a cultural system, a race, like we dehumanize them to a point, especially in the whole pack and especially in the talents that we have. So us organizing to this point is shocking. So it's taken up to 2020 for us to recognize that, wow, you know, we're living on lands that have never belonged to us. Wow. There are tribes that we've never learned anything about in this area. Wow. Like people really don't understand the word systemic racism here. And people think that, if I say I'm not racist, then that's that's it. Let's 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 make a resolution in a legislature in a public place, and then we're not racist suddenly, and then they get applause. But that's that's the society we're living in. That's Putnam County for you. And we've seen that over the past four months alone. We've seen people kind of rise to the surface, and it's this it's always been here, but it's finally percolating back up to the top, you know? So people are blatantly seeing it, and that's making young people and and people of color, women of color. I mean, like, like, look at that, like women of color. And again, I, I'd be remiss in saying that I started this because, and I'm going to mention Stephanie Solace, who is a woman of color who graduated from Mahopak High School, was at the forefront of leading this. Brianna Small as well, who is another woman of color, started this movement. But we're seeing these women of color and these young women of color that are in these systems that want to start changing the ways that we look about like racism in our communities and we look at the people and we look closely at those systems that have been created and we want to see that type of change that's inclusive of everybody as opposed to just the select few that this system keeps feeding back on so we're seeing legislation we're seeing policymakers we're seeing school districts that are just feeding into this culture of racial inequity and we see that all the time in Putnam County Yes. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's so interesting because it's such a group of like 
it's like city transplants, people have been there forever. And it's like a weird mix. And like, it's like, it's you're one or the other for some reason. And it's like, I, the, the, the the comments that I've seen on Facebook have blown my goddamn mind. And I've like, we've fought together on Facebook. It's and I have the, the same like four people fighting against like the same four racists. Like, I, <laughs> I know it's a battle. Yeah, it's a Marxist. Marxist. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've um, I've actually like it, it came to my attention that I actually was fighting with an actual white supremacist like from like he was a, a hate group leader. And I'm not going to say his name because I'm Puerto Rican and I don't want to. Yep. I get it. <laughs> but like uh like that's crazy. Like I never in my life had thought that like I would be fighting with a white supremacist group leader from my like hometown county. Yeah. What? And like so, and <laughs> just like so, what was like when you started? When you guys started with the Black Lives Matter? When you actually said that you're gonna do the Putnam Valley for Racial Justice Black Lives Matter rally? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a whole fucking thing. I know. Yeah. That whole story. I was so proud of you guys and so livid. I don't know, Dan, if you know, but I'm sure you do. The Trump, the Trumpers with the flags and that. We'll get into this again. And then Dan with um, Maypack for racial justice. How, how both of you, like, how has the reaction been both like through people you don't know from the town and also your friends and family? And like, what was that? What has it been like? It's been dynamic, but also Mahopak, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like that's a change for me. And that's a recent thing. It was built on a resolution that we found back in the day sent by the legislatures, but we're trying to change the name so that it it encompasses actual indigenous culture. So that's my clarifying for everyone. But um, just to go back a sec too, it's interesting because it is a town of city transplants, but at the same time, this is a town, these are towns built on white flight. These are towns that are built upon redlining where people are yep. moving out of the city forcibly, and then they have to relocate to this area based upon it. So it's like, before we talk about city transplants, let's talk about how this community was built in the first place. So that's when I was tiptoeing around. Yes, oh, damn. No, let's hit it. Let's it's hit it. Like, come on. It. Say it like it is for everyone. I mean, like these are these are what they call bedroom communities nowadays, where people now say, "Oh, the city life is too much for me. It's too much culture," and they come up. Yeah, over it's there. very similar to Long Island. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think like since and it, sometimes that doesn't only always connect with me because my parents aren't really they they didn't really think about it that way. They were just kind of like, "I don't want to raise my kid in Brook my kids in Brooklyn anymore," and like I want to find a backyard, you know. And so like, but th- that that's like what you said is so so spot on yeah i think like my parents are the same way they were like we want to move up here to give our kids a better life and like Mm -hmm. yes i go to a way better school now and i live in a way better community and a more safer community now than i would have over there however i do face significantly more issues because of my me being a brown girl in a significantly white town and it's just you you know you, you you can't get everything and I think it was, it's really eye-opening now to see that, like, I'm going to school with some of these racist kids. Like, I'm arguing with parents whose kids have, like, cheated off my tests and all this stuff. And, like, it's crazy to see the difference. Like, like you said, it's too much culture in the city. And then up here, it's like to put, put your kids in a bubble. And I had the privilege of growing up in a more conscious environment where, you know, I still had, like, technology and the internet 
and had to, but still have to grow up with the ignorance of being like a brown girl. And it's, 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 it, it, I almost kind of resent my parents for like bringing me here because it did give me more problems at the same time. I wouldn't be the person t- I am today if I didn't have to deal with those things, you know? I feel the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly think that the reaction that I've personally gotten from like family members and kids in our school, because I am like white, I have no, like, I have nothing other than like plain white in me, like no flavoring. We got no seasoning. <laughs> we got salt and pepper and that's it. <laughs> and a lot of like my family members are sadly like the racist. Like they are the people who are uneducated and they don't know anything about like the topics that are important like, they're very sad, I guess. Like, it's sad how they're like that. And it's interesting, especially on our social medias, how, like, students will comment stuff, like, and DM us and say, like, oh, well, that's not fair. You can't, like, post about, like, this person's injustice without posting about, like, a white person's injustice. Like, I got called a cracker. Why aren't you posting about that? It's like, well. Because you are a cracker. Yeah, you are a cracker. <laughs> <laughs> and like, they, it isn't. I know. And they sincerely don't understand the definition of racism. Yeah. yeah. It's, they don't. It all ties yeah. back to the def, like the lack of education. Like, yeah. racism isn't just like being called a name. Like, it's literally like systemic oppression of a it's group power. that's always. Yeah. is power. Yes. And exactly like, what it is. and yeah. for years, white people have always had power over people yes. of color. And that's where the racism comes in comes in so when white people aren't being systemically oppressed it isn't the same yeah. and like things like redlining and gentrification like these were terms that i just learned and like mm-hmm. even being like a minority like who may have experienced these things like i should have known these like why is it why did nobody else knows these and like i make an effort to educate myself what about those who don't yeah. like new mm-hmm. things that should be taught in school like, i should have known it when i was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you guys are doing great. Don't sweat. <laughs> but well, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? Um, I think it's interesting how kids from our school don't make an effort to educate ourselves because I've always found it like a personal thing for me. Like, oh, if the school doesn't teach me about Native Americans, like I'll research it myself. Like I got curious. So I researched the Native Americans from our town and like who was originally here mm-hmm. and like things like social inequities and like racism throughout like society that's something that I've searched up personally because I was interested in it which I think is interesting because like other kids from my school don't take that initiative which is why they're so uneducated on the topic yeah yeah and I almost don't like necessarily blame them because it's not something they ever had to think about before and it's like I'm not I'm not saying that they shouldn't, and I, but I think it's really the school system that, and I think Putnam Valley has a great school system. And I'm, I'm just going to like disclaimer, like it was a great town to grow up in, a great school to have, like we were very privileged and like going there. But with any, with everything, there's its flaws, right? And I'm sure you can relate to Mahopak as well. And like, I mean, Mahopak is the Mahopak Indians. Yeah. Excuse me? <laughs> you know what I mean? And like no one questions it. And it's just like stuff like that where I mean, I'm not sure. Is that still their mascot? It is still their mascot. This has been something that I have personally taken upon myself to to fight for. Um and it and this is <laughs> there's so much to discuss with that and so much to unpack first and foremost. Um but I mean the the be all end all is I I worked with uh professors at the Johns Hopkins Center for American Indian Health. I've worked with um, indigenous health experts, indigenous people, tribal leaders. I got them to write letters to our school system saying why this is an issue. 
I got a panel together hosted by USA Today that happened last week where we brought in the director of cultural affairs from the Muncie Stockbridge tribe, which is located in Wisconsin, mind you, because they were pushed out and they were marginalized to the point that they couldn't live anywhere except Wisconsin. But those people have direct descendants from our area. And this person went on camera to say that it's unacceptable that they are utilizing this as a mascot. We're, we're living, breathing people and it's not okay for them to do that. And we're today fighting to see this mascot, completely retired and in its place put educational structures that are decolonialist education that we could place within our historical education and including a lot of different fora for enlightening our community so people can learn more about these systems and learn more about these cultural values that the people that previously lived here held near and dear to themselves. So it's fascinating that, and I I keep saying this too, where the Mahopak Indian, so if we're looking at racism, And we can't even talk about, we can't even have a discussion about why this is an issue in the first place. How are we able to talk about systemic racism? How are we able to talk about all of the students of color that have left this administration and this community so angry and so upset with their neighbors and their peers and their teachers and their faculty members and their legislators? Because they never had the correct amount of justice within the schools, because they could not look at They could not see themselves within the teachers, within the faculty, within the legislators. They don't see themselves within that. And that's so unfair. When I I have friends that are of color and they had an experience that was less than my own simply because of the color of their skin, then we have a problem. And if we're not willing to even talk about it, then that's a big issue. And if we're not able to eliminate the structures that are so blatantly in front of us that are racist, how can we dive more into the meat and potatoes of what the main issue is? Yeah, absolutely. And I think like I'm going a little bit off topic, but we'll get back. Um, (laughs) I just I've been trying to get more involved with like the like the Putnam County like representatives. Hmm. Um, And it's kind of sad. I mean. Uh, no offense if you're listening to this, but it's yeah. probably not. No, offense. Offense. Sorry. Offense. No, offense. offense. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Being too nice. Uh, I listened to the legislature's decision on um, having a human rights commission. Oh my God. Her excuses so were unacceptable. It made me so infuriated. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. Genuinely <sighs> so angry. Like, Likewise, and uh, like with Livid. Um, but I just want to say, um, in terms of Mahopak, is that the representative I can't remember, it was, I, I'm not sure if ours powers, he, I, yeah, I, or I, I believe it was him from Mayapak or Mahopak. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure he has lived in Mahopak for 50 years, he said, and he had never experienced racism. And I was like, no fucking shit, because you're fucking a white Italian-American man. Like, exactly, yeah. 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 What do you expect? Like, it, like, it's just, it drove me crazy, and I did want, I do want to shout out Nancy Montgomery from Representative yeah. 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 Yes. She's amazing. Yes, I love this. People actually know her, like, as well, because I feel like I'm like, like, if no one no one knows no one knows yeah exactly and it's like crazy can we talk a little bit how it's insane that we don't have a human rights commission in putnam county when like everywhere around us does yeah and like what was the argument like it's costing taxpayers nothing Nothing. not a single dime and it's all volunteer and it can only do good for the county yeah like i wrote them after a while like i was just so angry and so upset i wrote them a long letter 
of what it was like to be a minority in this county mm-hmm. and how okay. the Human Rights Commission would have benefited me earlier and how it would benefit me now. And it was just, it was such a blatant decision just because of like the, the slight hate they were getting. And it, 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 it literally demoralized so many people of color here that it was like, okay, why not? Why don't I just like leave now? Like there was no, yeah. like if yeah. it, it silenced so many BIPOC community mm-hmm. members that it was just like, it was like, why are we even here? Like what, like what, yeah. like, this, this isn't welcoming for people of color. And you know. Yeah, absolutely. I also wrote a strongly worded letter. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I um, was so upset. And it's just like, there's only white people on the legislature. Correct. Say it louder. Correct. Yeah. Like, hello? Like, can we get some representative of color? Like someone? Like, it's just like, it's... Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you know, like, yes, I know maybe consider yourself these purposes of color, but you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. it, you're not. Um, but it, I really hope I'm going to probably send this podcast to them so they hear it yes. or at least this clip. Yes. Like, it's insane. You know, like, I don't know. Dismantle their arguments too, I think as well. So we need to dismantle the fact and, and you, you nailed it. So they're saying in the future, it could cost money. Great. Let's address that in the future. We're, we're talking about just forming it right now. So for all the legislators that will be hearing this, except for you, Nancy, we love you. All of you need to understand that it's like there are so many individuals of color that feel so unwelcome and so disheartened by this community that they are trying to leave this area. We have gotten so many DMs, especially from a Hopac for racial justice, where people just write saying, I was considering living in Mahopac and now I'm not considering it anymore. Those are the most heartbreaking comments, but honestly, some of the most communal comments that I've ever seen. Because we see so many people that say, well, this is how I dealt with it. This is how I experienced it. And just seeing those comments alone made this group worthwhile at the end of the day. Because just providing the space for individuals in our community to even discuss these topics and feel a semblance of acceptance is so big. But also, absolutely, absolutely. The legislature needs to know too that it's like, Again, there are so many other communities in our area that have this, other counties that have a human rights commission. They're saying that this is duplicative. They say that there are there's already a state one, but um, when you're looking at state, state is a larger entity. How many requests do you think they get in a time and how many go completely unanswered and not investigated while people continue to live in these same spheres of hate and racism and like so much unwelcomed attitude with their own neighbors. So yeah. while they're investigating that, we could be doing that instead. And it's nine people. They kept saying that these are volunteers, so therefore they will not be as educated. So implement a system that you can choose to get people to apply. You can yeah. volunteer your time, but you can create an application. Anyone's willing to do it. James Heyer, who hopefully will be listening to this, who is the person who the council, He's incredible. He's one of the best human rights um, lawyers in the area. And he's the one that made this proposal. And James Heyer will absolutely create an application for this. I mean, you ask anybody and we're more than willing to bend our back to make sure that we can make this human rights commission something that is enhancing of our community and encompassing of people that have a whole bunch of different perspectives. Let's get social workers on there. Let's get healthcare professionals. We have so many people in this area, so many skilled professionals. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't know. But it's the same way in the schools, too. Like, there's a reason that so many of these kids are ignorant. It's because they don't see people of color leading them. Like, I don't, I know the middle school principal 
was the only person of color I've seen in a long and time. And he just left. And he just left. Yeah. He just he left. He one year and then he's gone. I didn't I didn't know him. I thought it was Mr. McCarty. I don't know. That's the principle. But then they just, yeah, but that's his own idea. But um, it's crazy, like, how this, this, these are the reasons. Like, if you only show these not minority kids not minorities like they're not going to understand they're going to be confused like that's why all these high schoolers are so like against it it's because this is something completely new to them that's why like going into the school like i know like i want to like hit them younger so that when we get old when they get older we'll, we won't have to have these difficult conversations as yeah. much mm-hmm. you know like you read these books i'm not like it's a big thing to ask schools to specifically hire people of color because you know it's that's like a whole, a whole issue by itself but yeah. to read these kids like books with like Muslim doctors or like Hispanic mm-hmm. teachers and right. like yes like this is what matters this is what the, like the earliest biases form in a child um starting at the age of two right. and like when you need to hit them and be like this is what a good person is and you like a, your color doesn't define it you know what I mean so right. that's the, all it is with the human rights commission too like all of them are white people who don't know what it's like and they automatically think it's not a need Right, right, exactly. And that's why I'm saying like, and when I I meant by the except for Italian Americans, because I'm just saying like, that's the only kind of like cultural background they have there. It's just like, can we get something more diverse in the mix? Like, and like, yeah, no shade to Italian Americans. (laughs) But um, I'm just saying like, uh, yeah, like, and, and in schooling, like, why are we still learning about Christopher Columbus? Like, well, there's like shit like that. It's just like, I can't, like last year we learned about Christopher Columbus and for an essay or something, it was like a converse. It was an actual conversation that we had. Like, is he bad or is he good? And I didn't even believe that was a conversation. Like, it's not. How How could you even argue he was a good person? Yeah. Yeah. That was I don't even so think, disappointed. Yeah, I don't even think we learned about like Christopher Columbus, did, like how he was bad in school. Like I know I learned that personally, and a lot of these kids are like, "Yeah, Christopher Columbus, like it is what it is." Did I didn't learn until after like I was in college, like I until until I was in college. Same. I realized that they didn't teach us that how bad At he all. was. They didn't teach us about like mass genocide, the race, anything None of that. like that. Uh, that like, happened on our where we're living right now. There was mass genocide. Like that's that's just a given. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I feel like there's so many like topics, but you should probably talk about like all this for like five hours. It's just like it's just crazy. And okay, so let's get into Let's get into the rallies that have been going on in our area. Um, I would love to talk about first the Black Lives Matter rally in the town park in Putnam County and everything that went down. I just watched. I, I'm I'm in New York City, so I'm not local, but um, I watched through um, Sarah Sadrima's live stream, who's been very <laughs> involved, um, who's more closer to my age, and. Um, uh, I then I heard about all the trucks and the flags and the all lives matter people. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just want to know your guys' experience um, with that. And cause it was really, it was very moving to see uh, a good amount of people from our town go to that and like all the, all the speakers. And it was really, I, I was really touched by Mr. Oliverio even being there, you know, cause he yeah, hears from every single um you know, person yeah. in our town. I'm sure it's overwhelming. He's also my neighbor yeah. um, <laughs> from home. Yeah. And um, 
it if you don't if you don't know he's um he's kind of like the mayor but like not really i don't know town supervisor town supervisor yeah Yeah. so uh we started with sam the first thing we did gabby Mm -hmm. i know first emailed him and it started this like long like seven email chain of like battling like him supporting which he did and he does but then it was like the usage of the park and getting that which is why we waited we started it well i think it was june june no july june 6th i think we like yeah the idea was our idea and then like we immediately emailed like on the way home like we our idea was like created when we went to this first rally in somers yeah and in the car ride home we discussed it the whole thing literally gabby sent the email in the car and that's when it started (laughs) and then we long long fight with not fight but a long discussion with oliverio we ended up deciding on july 10th then it got moved to july 17th because of the rain um and uh, i know we wanted to do it earlier because you know we didn't want the movement to die down but i think it was actually a really great time to do it and i think we didn't actually start experiencing like the hate part of it until like as we got closer right yeah, yeah. Like, on, for, it was all on facebook all on facebook. voice that's all on facebook all that was yeah, like, yeah. Hate kind of valley voice that was like the big one yes, and yeah um, like really, I think we went like a whole month without like it was just support, and then all of a sudden we got hit with like kids from our. It started with the kids from our school yeah. coming at us, right. and that's when we kind of like hit our identity and we started the group because we were like we don't want to put our names on it yet, and then yeah for like safety issues. And stuff yeah, like that. and right. then the first post on Facebook went out about the actual event, and then everyone was going crazy. Everybody and freaked out for some reason. Freaked out. Was, for, oh, what? And then and then it was the counter protesters, which then we had to get the cops involved which was yeah. its own thing. And surprisingly enough, the sheriff's department was so, so great. Like, I couldn't even, I don't have words right. to express how grateful we mm-hmm. are for like just how well they protected us. Cause they didn't have to go the extent that they did, but they really yeah. blocked us in so that no one could like really, you know, affect us that much. And it was so, it really just showed how like this movement isn't against cops. It was never oh, against absolutely cops not. at yeah. all. They need to be part of the conversation. Which is That's why, like, important. exactly. Which is why yeah. I came up with, like, a Blue Lives Matter flag and an American flag. Like, we're all Americans. No one said this Black Lives exactly. Matter was right. against America. Yes. Yeah. No one said this was against cops. Like, you're making it Blacks against cops. It's not mm. like Yeah, it's against cops. police brutality. Exactly. Yeah. And if you look up the term Black Lives Matter, that is the first thing that'll pop up. Mm-hmm. And I don't, it's just lack of education. Like you're not doing your own research. And that's yeah. why I spent, like, it took me a while to actually get on Putnam Valley Voice because Brendan Priscilla was on it first. And the first thing I did was like, all these people were like, the organizers are saying this, the organizers oh are saying that. And I was like, no, no, yeah, they're no. Like, the organizers no. are spreading hate. I'm like, we haven't said anything. That's <laughs> yeah. And the Mark said, Putnam Valley Voice is rough, I gotta say. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I joined it. I think I joined it for some stupid reason to see like some event that was going on and then yeah and then i'm just like oh god i think it's funny though it's yeah funny. it's pretty humorous <laughs> it, it is humorous sometimes just for the fun of it oh, yeah. you know, it stresses me out i just have to say too that these mom and pop groups that are popping up all over not even popping up they've been around for a long time these mom and pop groups we have mahopak moms we have Mahopak families. They're essentially just privatized hate groups that are that are run by conservative families in the area. Yeah. And they just love to say, well, we don't want to get political about things. And then and in the same breath, they go, but Blue Lives Matter. Yeah. And so like, they love doing that. So it's like we see these all the time, and it's the only forms for many people. So, Dan, sorry, what were you saying about the hate groups about, no, I don't want to get political, but Blue Lives Matter. Yeah. I don't want to get political, but in the same breath says, but blue lives matter. So like we see these groups appear throughout 
all of Mahopak. So Mahopak has Mahopak Moms, which is run by conservative families, if anything, that are like very pro-police, that really do not understand racism, that say like, we're listening and we care and we we want to understand. And it's just it, it's just not true because they they aren't listening. They're the ones that are creating on I can't even promote the event, but they're having an event soon that they're calling a prayer walk for our police and they're getting people to pre-register and then register again because they care about COVID and they're going to be walking to a prayer garden and then having a prayer for the police officers in the area because they really need it. Um, they care about COVID. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. It's great. So it's, yeah, it's fun. Um, <laughs> we have a real time. Um, you gotta laugh. You really do. Yeah, that, that's oh, just like, how it is in Guatemala too. Like, I don't know why they need to make it about cops because it's not like um like if you want to associate it with the black lives matter movement but we specifically called it a solidarity rally for black lives mm-hmm. and to show up to counter protests like protest that that's you're literally saying that you're against black lives like i don't know like, how much simpler you have to well, make it are. exactly and yeah. it's like okay like everyone was like oh like you don't support cops because you didn't support like the drive-by Great, do a drive-by. Don't do it during our time because you're trying to silence us. Right. Yeah. And that was just so childish yeah. and disrespectful. Disrespectful. Like, um, there was someone actually, once the drive-by happened, at closer to the very end, there was a, we did a moment of silence while we read the names, uh, some of the names of the Black people who have died from either white supremacy or police brutality. And there was this one guy waving a Trump flag, like, by the cars. And you could see that, like, when he started realizing that this was, like, a moment of silence, he, like, slowly put it down. And I was like, it kind of just hit me. Like, do you realize that what you're doing is a little ironic and a little... Like, He's like, oh, yeah, I'm an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like them holding a Trump flag just shows that they know that their president is racist. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay with and the fact that, like, a Blue Lives Matter flag or our American flag or Trump flag, like, them showing up to our Black Lives Matter solidarity rally, like, it just shows that they know that that flag is against like, it. against us yeah. it's yeah. just like an act of hate and vi- they know they know it's an act of hate and violence against yeah. black lives and our and our movement and, and yep. what we have to say and yeah. it shows that yeah. they're using it they're using it as a tool of violence yeah, yeah. which yeah. Well, like not yeah. yeah people are like defending the blue lives matter flag like oh so you hate cops if you don't like the flag like no that's not what that's it is it. it's about the connotation behind it like you use it to counter protest a Black Lives Matter rally, you're insinuating it has a certain connotation that goes against yeah, black people. Which is so like annoying because that flag has been around long before the Blue Lives yeah. Matter movement has ever happened. Mm-hmm. And I support that flag 100%. I support our troops and I support the people who work for our society. Like I support them. But by you carrying that flag and saying it means Blue Lives Matter is so annoying because it's like no one's born blue. Yeah. You're not a smart. But let's know that if you looked closely at Charlottesville when you had the white supremacist rally in Charlottesville a couple of years ago, you see those flags everywhere too. Take a close look at what people are holding and what people are wearing, and you'll recognize that the symbology repeats itself very clearly within history. Yep. And there's a reason why we keep seeing this reappear in certain aspects of society. So when we're seeing it reappear, really recognize exactly where that symbol stands for. People need yeah. to understand exactly what the roots of those symbols are. Yes. 100%. And um, I just want you guys to know, and like the people at the Black Lives Matter rally, like, and the people who at the Trump counter protest, mm-hmm. that like they're not patriots. It's the patriots who are actually trying to help this country mm-hmm. and actually trying to make it better for everybody. And patriots criticize the country. You know, nationalists yeah. don't. 
you know? And so I just don't think that they're like, you know, so fucking patriotic, but they're not. They're just accepting what America has brainwashed them to think already. They really don't want to make it a better place for anyone besides themselves. Yeah, exactly. It's all about change. Like they're just afraid of change. Like they mm-hmm. think things are good for them right now. So they just don't want anything to happen. But yeah. the, the real problem is, is that there are so many people who have been facing these same problems for so long and we're fed up Yeah, and yeah. things have to change. So yeah. especially like if you're not racist, you shouldn't be worried. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, exactly. Gun if control. you're not racist, crackers shouldn't bother you. If you're not yeah. racist, you shouldn't be worried about this. Yeah, so if you're not racist, you should support this. If you actually believed all lives matter, then black lives would matter too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I really can't with the reverse racism comment. I had just gotten that on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, shouts out Michaela McQuinian. She's like my woke queen. Oh, and she gets like so many, so many hate comments on her <laughs> page. But, um, yeah, and someone had said, like, well, you don't experience uh, reverse racism because you don't, you have never experienced it. Like, like you don't get it because you've never experienced it. And I was like, girl, I'm white and Puerto Rican. Those are my two halves. Yeah. Not once <laughs> have I been, like, um, discriminated against for my white skin. Yeah. But I have been, once people find out I'm Puerto Rican, they start throwing the racial slurs, you know, yeah. or they start treating me differently. Yeah. So, yeah, I know, I, I know yeah. reverse racism, yeah. quote unquote, pretty well, and it's not a thing. But that's all, so that's also like the color, like the colorism issue. Like, yeah. my, the majority of my family, we're Hispanic too, and the majority of them are white passing. So there's a certain like, uh, level of racism that, like, they don't understand that I do understand, like, people automatically assume I'm black. And then it's like this weird, like, like stage of being like misunderstood. And that's I, and then I have to explain myself and it's, it really is. Yes. It's racism, but it's also colorism. Like yeah. you, you respect a person until you find out their actual heritage and right. it's insane. It's crazy. Like, why does the color define you like that? Like it's just the color. It's some, it's some people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But Dan, has there been, I know there has been rallies in Mayapak, like Mahopak. How has that been? How has that been received? <laughs> so we thought we thought it was the impossible to put up a, a Black Lives Matter rally. Um, the rally that Mahopak for Racial Justice ended putting on was um, a rally for anti-racism. That that's that was the name, a rally for anti-racism. We didn't have any counter protesters. We had a few people that passed by with flags and things like that, but luckily nothing like P V, nothing like Mount Pleasant or, or Pleasant Valley or whatever it was. Yeah, Pleasant uh, Valley, yeah. Was, yeah, that was, was crazy. Uh, that was scary. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, all the listeners out there, like just <laughs> You'll see the pictures and you will be shaking in your boots. It's just not you'll see the organizer of that counter protest in Pleasant Valley with full black face, full black yeah. body, like <laughs> whoa, like insane. It's not like fired, so but with with our rally, um, and again, I've done a lot of community organizing, but it really was the students and alumni of color from Mahopak High School that organized the whole thing. I, I really just helped to support as much as I could. That's all I did. So they they did this incredible job of setting up speakers and performers and spoken word performers and, and just like a whole grouping of people. And they really wanted to make this a community event to give families and students of color a space to interact with some of the difficult topics that they have experienced throughout their time living in our community. And something that the organizers did that just... I think it put everybody to tears. If you have a chance to look at our Instagram, it's packed for racial justice. 
Um, and I bet you have Putnam Valley for racial justice as well as in too. I'm highlight yours too. And Carmel for racial justice, they're out there, like, like hit them up too. But um, if you look, they, the organizers did this incredibly clever thing where they put down a anonymous Google form where it essentially asked the question of, have you experienced any sort of racism here? Tell us. And we received hundreds of comments from people. We had to shut down the forum because there were just so many that were coming in. And it was just anything from simple racist aggressions to microaggressions. And you just see it through a span of present day to like 20 years before as well. They took all of those, they made them into little tiles that they put and highlighted prominently on our Instagram. And then they, pr- they hand wrote each of them and lined them along a clothesline during the event. So that any community member that didn't get a chance to view it, they saw it. They were able to read each individual one. And we had teachers that were invited. So the portion that I helped to support, I worked with Gene Hopper, who ran as a progressive in our area and lost. Enough said. Enough prize, unfortunately. And we worked together to send out a press release, a formalized press release, and then also send out letters to every single legislator, elected official, and any sort of body that holds any sort of semblance of power, even within the school district and external, to show up to this event so they don't have the excuse of saying, oh, well, we weren't invited, you know, so we don't give them that luxury. Like, <laughs> they don't want to come, then they won't come, and we'll record them, and we did. So, <laughs> Good, yes, Dan, you're like, it's so cool what like, you guys all are doing. Like, it's so cool that you're, like, on top of it, too. You're like, you're racist and here's why (laughs) you know like no everyone everyone is so fed up with these systems that we've been a part of for so long and it's just we're done with the complacency i'm sorry it's just like your lazy argument that it's only been working for you and has not worked for me and other families in this area is enough to say that your complacency doesn't matter (laughs) absolutely absolutely yeah i mean i would definitely like love to see more like even like school representatives uh, uh, just speaking from Putnam Valley, I don't know teachers in Mahopak, but um, just like come. I mean, I've seen like I know um, Mrs. Odell. Yes, Mrs. Is that her name. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm like was blanking on Mr. Odell's name for a second, and I wasn't sure if she <laughs> shared the same last name. But um, I saw her comment, um, and I you know I've seen like some you know, but I would love like even more. Like, I, cause people look up to them, especially people like who are still in high school, you know, like I'm sh- like, I can imagine Mr. Lathrop who's the AP lit teacher and like people like that, like are being vocal, but I also don't know, you know, like, and I wish I could have seen them on social media being a little more vocal about everything. The issue with that though, Ray, is there are subsections of their contract that might force them to be silent in matters like this. Okay. And, and that is awful because it's just silencing. You, you could look at a teacher and you that can- is awful. Yeah. Yeah, because you could just tell. You could tell, like, they are somebody that would absolutely support this. And luckily, Mahopak has had a few teachers that have come out from hiding and just been like, yeah, this is wrong. And, like, I'm reflecting a lot on it. And I had a whole conversation with um, some of the teachers and editors of the newspaper at Mahopak High School. And it was a great opportunity because they were asking me questions about, like, what is it like to organize? They were asking similar questions like this. What is it like to... Um, be able to try to influence people to make these big changes that we've been looking for. And it was just such an eye-opening opportunity to be able to like 
discuss this with students and recognize that like the teachers and the students are looking over their prior interactions currently. So if that's something that we could take across as a win right now, I hope that's something that we can recognize where it's like people are reevaluating the words that they're saying. And that's important. It's not enough. Don't get me wrong. Like, like I'm thirsty for blood at this point. I like, I want more out of this. (laughs) But like knowing that people are cognizant, some people are cognizant, or and trying to think through these systems a little bit more is good for me, but it's not where it needs to be. Not enough. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I think right. great about our experience. That's one place that we really experienced a lot of support was the school. Like yes. 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 our teachers are amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like, I remember good, good. I went to the Maya Pack rally and there was one person who was very angry about you know, the lack of their, their school support. I'm not sure if it was Maya Pack. I think it may have been Carmel, but um, luckily we, we reached out to the superintendent and he, the first thing he did was write, write a statement. And it was great for us reaching out to teachers. Like it was so great to feel that kind of support from our community. And like you mentioned before, there was this one teacher who I'm very close with that I actually, she, I discussed the rally with her prior to the actual day. And she told me to actually call her because she didn't want the, the, like the writing and record because she was afraid she was going to lose her job. And because of lack of tenure and it's crazy how discussing something like that could really like make or break your career. And yeah, that is wild. Yeah. So that is not politics. Yeah. It's not politics. Yeah. It's human rights. Yeah. Human rights. Yeah, exactly. And like, I know that's why I'm like, that's why I said that just because like so many teachers, like Ms. Oitha, Mr. Mercera, Mr. Baker, I don't know. Like, you know, I could li- make a list yeah. of like all the people, my roommate who's from Punta Valley too, just is laughing at me. Um, but it's like so many people who I know would be so with, with you guys. Like, I just, I just don't know where they stand. Cause, and it sucks that they, it's in their contract that. Yeah. They yeah. can't voice their support for basic human rights. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm like, you know, for the future, I hope that maybe the history teaching will be a little different after this all, but. I'm also hoping that teachers and faculty feel more empowered to talk to the president of the teachers associations at all of these schools as well. So we could advocate and correctly recommend certain policy and educational changes that can occur. Because at the end of the day, we do need the support of teachers in order for some of these policies and some of these big systemic changes that we need done in order to make everybody welcome. We need their support on it too. Yeah. Just as vital. Yeah. Every perspective that we could get is, is most important. And I'm hoping that behind the scenes, these conversations are happening. They just might not be public right now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Me too. Um, but I love teachers. I don't want to think that they are attacking them, but I'm just saying, and, um, how do you guys feel? We're like kind of coming to a close eventually, um, in the next 15. So how do you guys feel about like, what do you want moving forward? What do you guys want to see moving forward for our County? Yeah. <laughs> one thing we definitely want to see in like our school is something that I can with like these two is in the main hallway. I don't know if you've seen it, but we have um right in front of our tiger, we have a bunch of flags from a bunch of different like countries um all over the world. And we wanted to put up a Black Lives Matter flag and a Pride flag along with those. And that's something that we think would be so helpful for like kids walking into the school to know they're welcome to know that like they're appreciated there. Yeah. Um, and it, the, that, so part of life for racial justice is, um, drafting this 
uh, proposal yeah. sort of petition kind of thing. You've seen uh, Yorktown has done it. Rye has done it. Basically just to, um, a, a, um, to a propose changes to the board. And that's one of the changes we um, have uh, that Priscilla actually came up with. And it's a list of, you know, different different things we want to implement in the school. So, you know, like more inclusive books, like yeah. increased training, bias training. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, like changing history curriculum and all these things. Um, this is why we're tackling our school now, because this is such a good time to implement it, especially with all the change that's happening because of COVID-19. Like to implement a little more change wouldn't be the worst thing. And I think. Um, you know, seeing a big a pack for social justice is actually like a big inspiration in us with the form and with the whole group um, and just mimicking those kind of groups and seeing that we're not the only time doing these like proposals and petitions. Um, it's it, it, it's empowering because you grow a bigger network and it's like, oh, this school's doing it. We should do it, too. Yeah. Um, this school like said, yes. Why won't you say yes? You know, um, things like that. So countywide, I think we want to see a human rights commission. I know uh, Punnam for Black Lives is working really hard on that, mm-hmm. and we're not going to be open for an answer. Right. But yeah, I think there's a lot of things that need to be changed. But I also think there's a lot of great people here who are going to make change. Yeah, yeah, and also I, you know, with the curriculum change, I know that seems like very difficult in terms of you know history classes because of course the teachers still need to meet a curriculum, of course, yeah. with regents and then APs, and you know all that stuff is completely understandable. So that's why I think having like individual conversations with our history teachers and then also our like superintendent are super important because, you know, as statewide changes might not be as easy, but, you know, having these interpersonal conversations with the teachers, you know, yeah. makes a difference. Yeah. Teachers really make or break um, a student's like education and a student's mm-hmm. like, yeah, uh, life. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah. we appreciate <laughs> Yeah, our like PD teachers so much, so much. So the great, really, yeah, really good teachers, both yeah. of them. And you know, it's hard. Like she said, it's hard in the high school because, um, like AP World, AP uh, US History, like, you have to follow a certain curriculum. And the trick is trying to kind of twist those things to still teach kids about what's important. And there was actually a petition I saw. People were trying to change the curriculum for uh, AP World History because it has the history of being whitewashed. Yeah. And like, there are so many things about the world that we just didn't learn. And it's all about adding these things into our curriculum, um, especially in the middle school and elementary school where these kids are so influ- influenceable and so, like, you know, ready to learn and so, like, um, you know, they're so, um, like, capable of learning difficult topics. Yeah. That's yeah. why I bring up the teacher point <clears throat> because they are so inf- influential and I know, like, a lot of them are progressive and feel a certain way and so like I think to your point Gabby it's like it's just very important to have the teachers involved which was which was my point I'm just not that articulate um (laughs) but so Dan how do you how are you feeling like what do you want for the county and Mahopak moving forward there are little things I, I I just have to commend the the flag statement really got me because it's just like there are some very simple things that people can do that can make a more inclusive environment. And when people are just not even willing to reach up and talk about those subjects, it's like it's like then what can we do, you know? But what we can do too is we have so many people on our elected bodies. The Putnam legislature is composed of nine people. Many of them have not been challenged ever before. 
And again, these are white Italian men. So let's get young people on these boards. Every school board, and I'll, I'll say it, this is the first time I can finally say this in a, in a place, but like every school board, if you want really good educational policy, should have at least one or two students on that school board, period. Because I'm let's back remember that. that these school boards are a compositional of nine individuals. And if you have nine individuals that are all middle-aged adults that are lawyers, you're representing nobody in that school, period. So get young people who run against these individuals, get people of color to run against these individuals. And we're talking at every single level of local politics. The Putnam County legislature and all of these different schools are run by one group of people. It's, it's literally the same group of people. Get them out. Show them that we have power as young people in this area and reclaim what's rightfully ours. <laughs> like That's what we need to do. Absolutely. And flip this over and it's going to happen five, 10 years, whatever it's going to take, it's going to happen at one point, but feel empowered. Don't, don't feel belittled by anybody else, but use the voice that you're creating right now and jumpstart something bigger. Yes. That's what my next question was going to be was, what do you want people to know who, what do you want people to know who are feeling a little discouraged about living in their town in their small town? And this can this can relate to small towns across New York, across America, you know, maybe not so much in the South, but like it's across, you know, you know what I mean? And like, I feel like, what do you want people to know who are in vulnerable states of mind in small towns that like, or especially even just in Putnam County, let's just focus on that. Like, what do you want them to know moving forward? And then what do you want people who don't really get it and are kind of, the counter protesters, you know, like, what do you want those people to know too? If if you can like think of something easy to say that just, I want to tell people (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I want to tell people that there's a reason we're seeing so many, and I'm calling them for our gays now, which is for racial justice. Because we have a fucking Valley. We have a Carmel. We have a Mahopak. We're seeing more and more of these pop up. If you're in a small community, start your own for our gay. you'll find out very quickly that you're not alone in your opinions. Yeah. Very quickly that you're not alone in your opinions. And again, we had hundreds of complaints rise to the surface in terms of blatant racism that's occurred here in this small community. So you may feel isolated and you may feel alone, but the moment that you do not, and you probably have never had this space before we even discuss any of these topics. So find a way to create that space. And if someone else isn't creating that space, you be the person to create that space and someone will support you, period. It doesn't matter how deeply you think your town is in the red. It doesn't matter how marginalized you think you are. Someone else is probably feeling the exact same way. And if your 4RJ is composed of two people, that's a two-person space for you. And that's just even bigger than you could have ever expected. So, I love that. I mean, I think adding on to that, I think it'd be very important to say that you know, it's hard to start and it's hard to get out. But the thing is, don't be afraid. Like, fear is what keeps a lot of people back from starting these conversations. And just experiencing myself, I want to say that it's easier than it looks. The fear goes away. The They stop hating after a while. They're going to hate, but you're going to be okay. And these conversations are needed to have, so have them. Yes. Just so we don't have to have them in the future. Yeah. And I also think that people need to be reminded that their like sheer existence and presence has like power. I mean, like, think about it. Like if, if in your small town and you hold like a hundred person 
Black Lives Matter rally or whatever, and you get like all these people riled up, like your your mere presence has that much power. Just think about that. Without even opening your mouth, you just being there is so powerful to to other people who you know don't want change, but it's also inspiring and empowering to all these other people who might think the same way you do, or you know think that they're alone or feel the same exact same way you do. So. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, that's like the silver lining. Like, I feel like it's easy to get discouraged by seeing everyone like, right, all lives matter. And like on Facebook over and over, blue lives matter, da, da, da. And I feel like, but you, on the other hand, we have people like you guys and like so many people have your backs, you know, and so many people are alongside with you. And it's like, that is encouraging, you know? And, and so I think like it's, for me, I have to remind myself not to get so boggled down by the hate that I see that I, that I apparently grew up with, like, and focus on moving forward and how things can change, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> this is, do you guys have any, like, I think we should, if you feel like it, I, I really want to, have people from the area watch this and listen to this episode because I think it's really important right now. And I think like starting local is key. And um, so if you guys have anything you want to like promote or even just say like any last statements, like I think they're like promote as in like, you know, not like your, your hair brand, but like your what's going on with social justice in the area. Um, I mean, I literally, I just, I feel like fundamentally (laughs) for racial justice could be such a bigger forum. Like we have, the three of us have so much power, so much to say, so much education and all we need are people who are willing to listen. So follow us on Facebook, Instagram, um, go donate to our GoFundMe Our all of them are Pundit Valley for racial justice with the letter in it. Um, number. number, sorry, the number in it. And yeah, just help us out. Help pack racial justice out. And help, yes. yeah. you know, Yorktown and Carmel and Lakeland, just look it up. Every Just look up a town and then for racial justice and you'll find something. Like, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I think. Do you have anything, Dan? I, I just want people to know that it's like, yeah, just utilize our forum. I mean, like come and join us. And also if you want to start your own forum, you can message any one of us at any time. DM us, and like we will absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. Like we, we have experience now of working in these communities that have a lot of vitriol and a lot of hate toward um, people of color in particular. So it's like if you are feeling like you are so low and so little and so voiceless, we're we're here to help you. Let's let's build you up. Let's let's integrate you into these types of communities that we're trying to form over here. Like use our forum to the most that it can be. Yeah. I love that. I just wanted to commend you guys again for everything you're doing. I think it's so important. Um, and I think like having a voice in the red dot of the metropolitan New York area is really important, uh, especially for other minorities and other like progressive thinkers to see that. Um, and yeah, I, thank you for coming on. I think this is a great cathartic conversation to have. Um, yeah, show it to whoever, spread it around, let them know that like people are angry. Yeah, and I'll put all of that in the show notes and I'll you know, have every 
everything linkable later. But uh, okay, well, I think I'm good. Are you guys good? Yeah, yeah, we're awesome. yeah. Cool. yeah. Thanks yeah, for well. sharing the space, Ray. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs>